and recording's thinking and recording is on and we have uh, we're admitting all participants now and good afternoon chair riley and edac members this meeting has been held pursuant to Gover government code section 54953e and in light of the declared state of emergency the regular meeting of the economic development advisory committee for december 6 2021 will be conducted telephonically through zoom and broadcast live on the city's website thank you serge hello everyone this is tom riley chair of edac happy holidays uh it's kind of exciting time of year because it seems like we all get to bump into each other quite a bit downtown and we have lots of festive events to bring us together so uh, we have a great meeting for today the high level uh four main topics uh, we're going to have an update on the Holiday by the Bay set of events happening this month. We're then going to go into an uh, update on the marketing program and events. We'll discuss the diversification project that is underway. And then we're going to have a meaty discussion on next priorities that we want to take on as a committee. So with that, um, why don't we move to roll call. And Serge, can you help me with a roll call, please? Sure. Uh, Bob Lalane? Here. Uh, John DeRay? Here. Scott Thornberg? Here. Chris Gallagher? Here. Malcolm Morgan? Here. Walter Lemmerman? And, uh, okay. I don't see Walter. Was he in? Did he reply? Uh, Walter is not going to be able to make it today. Great. Monica Finnegan? Here. Don Daglo? Here. Teresa Ancona? Here. Cass Green? Here. And Chair Riley? I'm here. And also, uh, you did not call out Rachel Stout. Um, has Rachel joined us? <coughs> I do not see. I, I don't see her in the room, um, so I'll mark her. I'll mark her as not being present. All right. Thank you. Very much. All right. At this time, our first item is to seek public comments for items that are not on our agenda. Serge, can you please give instructions on public comments, and we'll see if we have any. Sure. Um, video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called up on when it's your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press start nine and each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. Chair, Light, uh, Chair Riley, I do see one hand raised and that's Wendy Richards. So we'll start the, uh, the clock and yes. Wendy, you've been unmuted and asked to share your video. Happy holidays, Wendy. Thank you for joining our meeting. Thank you, Chair Tom, and thank you for all the members. Um, I would like to uh, raise a topic that uh, was discussed at previous meetings, and that is that it is time to reinstate the exemption for home-based workers from Measure M business license tax. Traditionally, home-based workers were not subject and home-based businesses were not subject to this tax. With Measure M, it was 
deleted as an exemption. There was no notification of such. Voters were not told that. And it was only after the fact that people who had home-based businesses, this includes people who rent ADUs, all kinds of small people have been caught in the net. It is a very expensive tax and uh, it needs to be revamped. I know that in March of this year, Tom and Janelle and uh, I believe Cass had a meeting online with Joe Caldwell. Joe actually shared his real numbers. Joe had done a ton of work the previous year showing why Sausalito is out of whack on the tax more generally. He wrote another letter to the council just recently. Uh, it is onerous, it is unfair, and it is discriminatory against people who work from home compared to our next door neighbors and people across the street who also work from home but work for big companies and are not subject to the tax. So I would like to ask the EDAC to take a look at this. You've just spent $150,000 on marketing. I got this in the mail. It has lots of money. There's lots of money being spent and yet 50% of the filings on BLT, according to a, a meet, city council meeting where Julia presented, 50% are from people whose gross receipts are under $200,000. I'm not talking their wages, I'm talking about their gross receipts. So we're talking about the small gals, the small guy, uh, and it's just, it's time that this is reformed. So I'm here to ask you to do so. Yes, I know I spoke with some of you about this many times. You think it's just my issue. I've heard that said. It is not. It is an issue for the entire community. I've been told by some of you, one of you in this room told me to just move my business. Yep, that's right. I, said, I complained about it and she said to me, oh, well, just leave. Go to another town you can move your business. Well, that's true, but not everyone can do that. So it's time that this be changed. Thank you very much. And thank you for all you're doing. Thank you, Wendy, for your comments and, and educating us on this uh, concern for a number of small businesses. Uh, timing wise, we are looking for, for city council to give us some direction on the next set of priorities. Uh, and that'll be happening in the next uh, couple months. So. Uh, if it's added to our list, we may take it on then. Um, so thank you. Uh, Serge, is there any other public comment at this time? Uh, uh, Chair Riley, we don't have any other hands raised at the moment. All right. Um, I'd like to move to item three on the agenda, which is approval of minutes. A special shout out to Teresa, who has uh, pulled together three sets of minutes for us. Um, we have September 13th, October 4th, and November 11th. So for our last uh, three meetings, um, do we have a motion to approve these minutes? This is Scott, I'll make a motion to approve the minutes. I'll second. Thank you, Scott and Mr. Don Daglo. Um, with that, we will take a roll call search, please. Bob Lorraine. Aye. John DeRay. Uh, yes, approved. 
Scott Fontberg? Approved. Chris Gallagher? Yes. Malcolm Morgan? Yes, approved. Monica Finnegan? Approved. Don Daglo? Yes. Secretary Teresa Ancona? Yes. Cass Green? Yes. And Chair Riley? Yes, I approve. And once again, thank you, Teresa, for uh, taking such uh, effective notes for us. Very much. Now we shall move on to our first business item. And I'm checking my watch. We are three minutes ahead. So, uh, so far, so good. Um, our first uh, business item, item 4A, is uh, an update on the Sausalito Holiday by the Bay, which um, the marketing subcommittee has been uh, working on fiercely. And we will ask Monica to provide an update, please. Thanks, Tom. <clears throat> um, so we're in full bloom, if you will, on the Holiday by the Bay. Um, just as a little bit of a refresher, um, this is a collaboration between the City of Sausalito Park and Parks and Rec, the Chamber of Commerce, the Waterfront Foundation, and EDAC. And our first meeting, I looked at my notes, was January 8, 2021. So we started planning then uh, in anticipation of what we might be able to put together for our first annual holiday by the Bay. Um, our kickoff was 12-1 uh, last Wednesday, and it was a ton of fun. Um, thanks to Cass Green and the Ian Buck Pies for contributing the tree. Ian is mad at me because I didn't ask him to do it. <laughs> and, um, I like saving money. It's, get, it's getting competitive, I gotta tell you. Anyway, um, the tree, just for the fun of it, is 18 feet tall and about 600 pounds. It took about seven guys to take it off the truck. Um, it's been decorated with everything that we have uh, in the cupboards. Uh, we probably could do some more for next year's if we keep the tree as tall as it is. Um, a lot of people came down, including the fire department, because we couldn't reach the top. So we got some friends with the fire department um, helping out with that. Uh, Crater, Equator Coffee was gracious and donated coffee and um cookies for everybody. I think there were probably somewhere around 100 people. Um, I can't say thank you enough to the Sausalito Women's Club for the support that they've been giving, not only with the ukulele, but they have a really big cadre of musicians and talent. And every time I've called for help, including when we had someone who broke their hip and we needed to replace their position, they were able to find uh, help for us. So I think we really are very fortunate to have such a great uh, community contribution for many, many people that are here in the community. We A shout out to John DeRay for uh, bringing the Star of the Sea Nativity. Uh, it's added a lot to that visual aspect of town. We've got a menorah now and a nativity scene and we installed a Kwanzaa banner. So we're pretty well covered unless there's somebody I don't know about. But anyway, um, as I said, I think it's really been heartwarming um, how many people have been participating. And uh, the list of things that you see for activities, I hope you all plan to attend some of them, if not all of them, because they're really very, very special and they really show showcase our city in a, in a great way. Um, this Friday night, we are converting Caledonia Street to Candy Cane Lane. And we're asking for all crazy elves and 
fun people to participate as we sort of march down Caledonia after photos with Santa and um, greet all of the merchants on Candy Cane Lane. The cool thing there, again, we're partnering with the Sausalito Art Festival Foundation, and they've donated 12 um, inflatable uh, holiday characters that will be shown along the, the roadway so the kids could have some fun with that. Um, in terms of volunteers, I would love to have a couple volunteers for the Maker's Fair. Uh, I'm a little bit maybe concer overly concerned maybe about smash and grab, but I'd like to have a couple people to just help um, monitor for a couple hours. Cass has volunteered to do one day. And I think it would be really just helpful so that we have some presence there. Um, so we're still uh, under budget from what the city has offered us. Um, so we're kind of eking along in that direction. Uh, we have, I think it's going to be 15 or 16 makers. Most of them, probably maybe two or three, are not necessarily Sausalito, but and a good mix of um, items to offer. So we're off to a good start. And um, if anybody has any questions or comments, we are doing a lessons learned after each event so that we can create uh, sort of a list of things that we can do to improve for the next round. So if anybody has any comments, um, send them my way and we'll collect them and add, add them up for the um, discussion after we close the holiday. Um, so that's my report. Thank you, Monica. Any questions for Monica or comments? Yes, Chris. Well, I was just going to put in a plug for the Lighted Bow Parade. It's Saturday, and we got a lot of boats that are already signed up. I mean, we had, even before December 1st, we had 18 boats, which is really huge. Um, we've never had that many this early. So it should be really pretty along the waterfront. And then uh, Sunday morning is the Jingle Bell Run. So there's a, there's something friday saturday sunday so <laughs> monica didn't mention the other two so i wanted no, to no thank you thank you opportunities to do things that's great on on sunday also the 12th we're um lucky to have um a gospel singing group from uh marin city florence williams has a really beautiful voice and she's bringing in a choir uh and also a a very good R&B uh, uh, keyboard player. So we have a lot of activity and a lot of things that anybody and everybody could do, so. Thank you, Monica. Um, I'll just share some comments. Um, one, I want to second Chris's. Uh, I think the later boat parade is going to be wonderful this year. With the number of entrants, uh, with high tides and uh, no wind is what's forecasted. So finish process stays that way. Um, I do want to make a shout out to Ian during the lighting the Christmas tree. I kind of poked him about his tree last year. Um, as far as this year's tree is a little taller, but I do want to thank Ian. Uh, last year he stepped up and put a tree downtown, which I think is the start of a new tradition. And uh, it wouldn't have happened without um, him stepping up. And I had a great, I was walking just yesterday on Bridgeway in front of the uh, Saucedo General Store, and a Blazing Saddles tour guide was riding by on a bike with a flag and about 20 people behind him, and he was yelling out, 
the Sausalito tree is on the right. The Sausalito <laughs> tree is on the right. So um, it's now become a uh, one of the destinations. So I just wanted to make those comments. Well, if you're going to do that shout out, I want to just emphasize that even last year, uh, it was a team effort. A lot of people helped put the tree up and decorate it. Um, it's true that I cut through the chase and bought the tree and got uh, that little one step, um, but it was a real team effort, and it's actually of a piece of the whole ethos of EDAC, which is really a can-do, get-things-done, and no one exemplifies that more than Monica and everyone who's been helping in all the various uh, facets this year and has just knocked it out of the park in terms of uh, what's going on. So I think everybody on this volunteer committee should feel really proud not just about what's being done but about the example being set for everybody about what community involvement looks like couldn't be more thrilled and amid all the bleakness out there on a variety of fronts this really is an exemplar of positivity and hope thank you for that ian um julie please the floor is yours so i just wanted to add to um wednesday night's event there were a lot of people that came into visitor center before that were down here just because the tree lighting was going to happen. And so far it was our best day of the, of the month as far as sales. So I'm hoping that the rest of the businesses downtown stayed open and benefited from, from that. Um, and I have seen Families stop in front of that tree pretty much every day taking their photos all day long. Every time I walk downtown, there's somebody in front of a tree or in front of the crash or in front of the menorah taking their photo. So it has definitely become a hub uh, for activity in downtown. So I think, I think it's great. Yes, I witnessed a young couple rearranging the ornaments to take their, well, it's clearly going to be their holiday card for photo. <laughs> it's quite nice. Um, okay, on item 4A, update on the holiday by the bay, any other comments or questions? Uh, Tom, do you want us to give a readout of some of the early digital marketing results too, or you want to hold on that? Hold on the next update. Okay. Malcolm had his hand up. Malcolm Morgan. Yeah, Malcolm still doesn't have the raise hand feature on his Zoom. Um, I just want to echo uh, some of the last comments. Uh, I just by chance stopped by the tree on Saturday. I was there the night of the tree lighting, but I was uh, just in my running shorts, no shirt, so I didn't want to make too much of a public appearance. But the tree lighting ceremony was just fantastic. And more of uh, what I really hope to see, this sort of city coming together as a, as a real community like that. But Saturday afternoon I was there, and sort of got trapped taking pictures for different groups of tourists for about half an hour in front of all of the displays. It's really um, just a wonderful uh, sort of anchor point for the tourists. And these were all international tourists. There was people from, I couldn't quite understand what language they were speaking, um, some families from the Middle East and um, from Europe and uh, I think from South America. Um, all languages I didn't speak, but was having a wonderful time just taking pictures and hugging strangers from all over the world in front of those trees and the, uh, the other displays. It was really good. So job well done. Um, more of that for our little town. Thank you, Malcolm. Um, we'll go to John Dre. Thanks, Tom. Um, I, uh, I, I want to shout out to um, Monica for doing a great job down there and organizing that. It's beautiful. 
Um, my I had a question about um, the the uh, upcoming makers of uh, fair and um, you know this uh, this past weekend we had uh, quite an event on the north side of town there with the um, the tents set up at Heath and ICB and I'm wondering I think the answer is yes but I'm wondering if, if the city is um, getting their uh, sales tax. Uh, from these events, and I, I would presume that it is the case, um, but I just wanted to ask that question. Um, there's a mechanism to, to ensure that the city is gonna get the, uh, their portion of the sales tax for these uh, events. I can speak to the makers there. Anybody who enters is required to get um, the special purpose license fee. Um, and so we've been working with them on that. Um, I can't speak to Heath. I will say that I got permission from Heath and I talked to every one of the makers to invite them to our fair. So we'll see if we get any takers on that. Um, and they, I think he did a fabulous job and we communicated to a little, we didn't know he was doing it, but we just, he just sent me an email and he said, I promise I'll communicate with you next year and we'll get it together. That's good. So unless the individual artists, um, when they file their taxes, list the event as something that they sold at, um, there's really no way to track those sales. I, I did shows for many years in a previous life. And unless you write down all the shows that you're in when you file um, your sales tax report, they the city does not get a portion of the tax so it's kind of on a good faith type of thing there's no way really that the city can track the sales unless they're going to give everybody a cash register and track the sales that way so um that kind of answers the question of whether that funds those funds are going to come back to us or not thank you julie um, thank you. Uh, i just wanted to say that we totally enjoyed uh paying for the tree and I had a really good time with Monica going to pick it out. We did we had to talk the guy at the guardsman into letting us have it pretty much because I don't think he thought we could handle a 18 foot tree. And um and thanks to the fire department and others, uh, we did. So that was really great. And I just want to volunteer. we we'll pay for the tree every year. It, this was a great thing for us. So we'd be happy to do that. Thank you, Cass. You're so generous, and uh, thanks for acknowledging how impactful it is for you as well. Uh, I do want to point out that um, the December 1st event just kicks off uh, a month-long set of events that um, are occurring that we call Holiday by the Bay. And one of our goals is to, every year, build on Holiday by the Bay and build a reputation for Sausalito as a place to come in December. And I did go to the ICB art show, uh, which was fabulous. And you know, going forward, we should include it as part of our December event because they hold it every December and help with the marketing of that as well. So we, as we talk about this month, we want to keep on thinking about ideas that can make Sausalito a destination for the holidays um, and the downtown part. So that's really our objective here. Okay. Um, Without any other hands raised, comments or questions, I think we'll open up for public comment on item 4A, Sausalito's Holiday by the Bay update. Serge, can you uh, see if there's any public comment? 
Uh, Chair Riley, I see no hands raised at the moment. Okay, why don't we give it just 20 seconds? Sure, and if, you, if, if you'd like me to um, read instructions on how to give public comment, I can do that too. Uh, you've already done that, so I think we shall be okay. I don't think anyone else has joined. Okay. With that, we will move on to item 4B. And for the public, uh, on all our business items, we'll ask for public comment, so that's just a heads up. Um, on item 4B, this is an update on our marketing program. Uh, and also other events that we are potentially putting forward. So I'm gonna ask uh, Scott Thornburg and I believe Kevin of CDA has joined us as well to lead this discussion. Thank you, Tom. Um, I have the agenda pulled up now, so I, I, I see where this falls onto it. So, um, well, I'm really excited to have Kevin here today to share some of the early results that we're seeing uh, from our holiday by the day promotion. Um, as most of you know, um, we, we had them kind of launch um, in October, um, finalize some of their plans, present it to us, make some edits. Um, by the time we got them kind of ramped up, we were right in the middle of holiday by the Bay promotion. Um, so I won't steal Kevin's thunder, um, but I do uh, wanna say that we've had some really great results already. Um, and as we have all uh, discussed previously, it's really important that we're able to track uh, exactly where we're um, where we're having an impact. Um, and, and just with the, the little bit of effort and the little bit of um, you know budget and volunteer resources and what CDA has been to, to help with this year, uh, we've been able to do a lot. So um, I think as we think about doing Holiday by the Bay again next year, if we're, if we're doing that, uh, um, Monica may volunteer for someone else to help, but, uh, but if we're doing that again, um, you know, with a little more resources and a little more community and business support, uh, we could we could do so much more. So uh, we're we're really excited about that. So um, with that, I'm gonna stop talking and I'll I'll pass it over to Kevin um, to talk about some of the early numbers we're seeing. Thank you, uh, thank you, Scott. Really appreciate it, and thank you everybody uh, for uh, for your time. Let me jump right into it. Um, we're exciting to, uh, <laughs> we've been talking I know for a while about this and we're excited to finally be, um, uh, be moving forward. I actually had some things to show, but uh, I can just talk through it if that's uh, okay. I, it looks like I have screen sharing disabled, um, but I'll just go, I'll just talk through it. Well, let's, just, let's see if we can give you a screen sharing, um, Kevin, hold on a sec. Okay. Um, find you in our list, here you are, more. Yeah, so these would just be uh, preliminary numbers. We've um, been doing outreach now for a couple of weeks just for the launch of the campaign. Um, we've run some search, uh, paid search media, and then we're gearing up for uh, upcoming events later in the month, uh, and then talking about what's happening in February. Kevin, can you hold on one moment? Um, Serge, can you make Kevin a co-host or a presenter? Working on it right now. Chair Riley, uh, this is Interim Community Development Director Scoble. I um, allowed Kevin to share his screen if he would like. Oh, great. It yeah, should yeah. be enabled now. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi. All right, everyone, thank you so much. I'm going to present. <laughs> All right, so um, we'll just quickly go through uh, the numbers. So uh, in the last couple of weeks since we started promoting, uh, we've seen 47 uh, uh, published posts. Um, most of that has been online, but we did get a print publication in the Marin Independent Journal on Saturday. 
Um, that totals out to a total of estimated coverage views of about three quarters of a million uh, digital, plus an additional 30,000, which is the circulation of the Marin Infinite Journal. So uh, about 780,000 estimated coverage uh, views uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks with those placements. That's a combination of uh, placements of different size, including just local uh, calendars uh, and also just articles and the press release getting picked up by various outlets. Um, this is an algorithm that uh, calculates estimated number of social shares from those digital placements. Um, and then if you look in terms of the paid media, uh, we've served 16,000 impressions in our targeted markets, which is primarily the Bay Area and Sacramento area to try to gauge interest from there. Uh, and that's driven about 1,200 clicks um, in the past couple of weeks to the Destination Sausalito homepage, which is where we have all of the information about all of these events. The subject for that paid media has been, of course, very events focused because that's what the campaign is about. So it's people who are searching for family activities, things to do, ways to spend the holidays, uh, fun ways to spend the weekend in December, um, and all kinds of words related to that. The kind of placements that we've got includes uh, SF Gate, SF Tourism Tips, Civic Fun, Fun Sheep SF, uh, Marin Magazine, Marin IJ, Patch, Ronnie's Awesome List, Slicer's Delights, and Marin Mommies. Um, but uh, especially for the lighted boat parade, um, actually have gotten some interest from local TV coverage as well. Um, did some outreach and we've got positive feedback. The most positive is from Cron, who are very enthusiastic about covering that. Um, but uh, 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 CBS, KCBS uh, at, at AM radio station, and then even KXTV, which is the Sacramento ABC affiliate, uh, are, have all expressed some interest Obviously, this is a crazy week for the holidays and for events and everything in this area. Um, so, you know, it's it's going to be a little bit nuts, but we're uh, hoping to definitely get people out there for the event. And we've even had a little bit of interest in possibly getting some interviews leading up to that uh, to find out uh, about how the community's been kind of rolling up its sleeves, telling the business story, um, and possibly like what's involved with um, like getting a boat the size of the Matthew Turner involved in a parade. Um, of, this, of this scale. So there's a little bit of interest in like the week leading up as well. Um, that's all very, very recent. <laughs> we'll be following that um, and, uh, and hopefully bringing those, bringing, um, those TV coverages uh, home. Nothing else they'll be wanting to cover the story um, with media we provide if they aren't able to provide their own camera crews on the day of. What's happening next is going to be um, a, a February campaign and we're actually going to uh, just got an alert. Somebody let me know if my screen has stopped sharing. I got a funny error message on my screen. Yeah, you're, you're okay. Keep going. Okay. Thanks, Scott. Um, the next campaign will be our February overnights campaign. Um, and tentatively, the topic of that will be um, like a month of romance. Obviously, taking the Valentine's Day holiday and the natural just kind of romantic atmosphere uh, of the city and building um, kind of a romantic getaway story around that. I know February seems like it's still a couple of months away, but we really do want to start prepare, preparing this and starting to do outreach for this this month, because realistically, there could well be a two-month uh, lead-up to getting coverage and placements like that. So we want to just be ahead of, the, ahead of the ball on that campaign as well. So uh, last thing I want to go over, uh, this is just of curiosity. As I think Monica mentioned, we want to have learnings after every campaign. And um, the learnings we can just take away uh, from the audience that has been engaging with our paid search ads in terms of profiling who's showing interest in Sausalito and these events. Um, it's 
pretty much what you would expect. I don't see any enormous surprises here, but that's good. It, it confirms what we thought. Um, overwhelmingly, it's people over the age of uh, 35. Um, but if you just look, it's, it's a pretty even split among um, working age adults, right? It's, it's something that is showing interest to all age groups. Uh, overwhelmingly towards women, <laughs> it's not even close. Um, and you know, this is partly just because of the areas that we are uh, serving the ads to, but and also just the earning potential of the, the, the Bay Area and of Sacramento markets itself. Um, but in the top 10% of household income uh, homes uh, are, are responsible for half of the interest so far in the event. Uh, and this, of course, this campaign is excluding this uh, city of Sausalito itself. This is only targeting uh, this is only targeting visitors to bring them in. In terms of location, most of it's coming from the Bay Area, but we're actually seeing a fair amount of interest even coming from people who are willing to make the day trip from Sacramento and Modesto metro area as well. Um, with that, those are the numbers I wanted to go over, and I'll turn it back over to Scott. Great. Thanks, Kevin. Um, as a as a person that works in in PR every day, um, I will tell you that those are not easy numbers to get to. Um, so it's really exciting to see um, Sausalito generate so much coverage this early on, and, and we're not done yet. Um, there's there's a lot more to a lot more to come. So a um, couple of other numbers that I'd like to go through. Um, let me just pull up the notes. So we also um, have partnered with um, Abbott Chambers from the city um, to do a couple of special editions of, of Currents to go out to residents to help promote this to residents. Um, and so we've seen some really great numbers from that as well. So from the um, the very early, um, the very first um, edition of Currents, which has um, almost 4,000 subscribers, um, Abbott had a 50.5% um, open rate, which is great. Um, this was, uh, he's probably had a few more since then. This was early numbers from that the day after. Um, we had a 50% open rate with um, almost 2,000 unique opens, um, 102 clicks on the Holiday by the Bay calendar, and 59 uh, unique clicks through to the Gingerbread House tour map, uh, which is really exciting. Um, and a couple of other numbers for you. Um, uh, Don uh, Daglo sharing on our sauce, Lido. Uh, we had 122 organic clicks on holiday pages. Um, that's an increase of what he's seen in the past. And similarly, um, the Chamber newsletter had a 57.1% open rate, uh, which uh, Julie has mentioned is likely due to all the holiday news that we're sharing, uh, which is all a really good sign. What that tells us is um, not only are our visitors that Kevin and his team are, are speaking to really interested in what's going on, but so are the residents um, and, and the people that are coming into the city and, and the residents that are here. Um, are, are really all very interested in, in the work that we're doing and uh, excited to come out and, and see the town uh, all dressed up. So um, I will we'll stop there. Um, I don't know if uh, if, if Monica or, or anybody else has anything to add to that, but um, but that's where we are. And like I said, we're, we're just getting started. So excited to see more coming. Thank you. The only thing, the only thing I'll add is, Scott, you have been great at taking photos and wandering around the streets with me. So I appreciate that very much. Yeah, thank you. That's one other thing I will say. Uh, we are working to build a, a video and photo archive of everything from this year. So if you are out or if you have a really great view of the Lighted Boat Parade and you have interesting photos, send them my way. We're, we're building an archive so that we have stuff for um, for next year. Uh, and and so we're, we're working on that and, and sharing that with uh, Julie and, and others that are uh, all working to, to promote our great city. Yeah. Just, um, we need to
to coordinate for photographs for the lighted boat parade since i do have you know, a deck at the hotel we can use so we need to close on that sometime this week that is such a close-up spot that deck so it's a great opportunity scott yes i'm i'm working on that i i might have a possibility as well great and I'll just throw in, uh, uh, Scott mentioned one day's number. For the last week, uh, organic hits on the Sausalito Christmas uh, content on our Sausalito is just over 1,000 clicks. I haven't added up the impressions, but it's a big number. And then um, Gingerbread House, we, people have been coming in here like crazy looking for the mats. Uh, we already have 68 people that have voted. Today's only the sixth. We have 68 people that have already voted for their favorite uh, gingerbread house. So I think that's a pretty good start for just the sixth. And not everybody had theirs up uh, the first couple days of the month. So um, I, I think that shows that people are really looking for things to do. We had a young man who was seven years old was in here this morning looking for all the gingerbreads and he had already been to in the book tide so all right yeah. you know leak who's the early leader mm -mm. i'm not gonna say <laughs> um I, I would like to share uh to kevin and scott thank you for those early results um and that one chart with the kpis i encourage everyone just to start learning each of those terms because each month we want to track and understand how we get better at getting those results. Um, it was kind of Greek to me, but to hear Scott say they're really good, I trust him because he knows what really good is, especially with such a short amount of time. Um, and a comment to Kevin, it would be nice to, if we're contracted each month, to kind of compare how much we've invested to whether it's cost per impression or cost per click, just start understanding some of the financials and help us um, get a better sense of the I, what I think are great results, but I think that would also help. Um, what we can do, Tom, sorry, if I can chime in, I think what, we'll, what we can do is also share a benchmark, um, like a kind of standard, just so we have some context. And then also, um, I'm happy to go through any of those terms uh, another, another time. If anybody has questions, we can break it down what it means, because they're, to your point, this is a marketing jargon that uh, not everybody is as familiar with, so happy to, happy to talk through that. Great, thank you. Um, I know we talked about the month of romance, which I think is a great idea, and we can all start you know, coming up with ideas for that. Um, uh, I'll ask Monica or Scott, are there, or Don or Cass on the marketing committee, and Julie, uh, any other events that we have upcoming, uh, other Wednesday Night Lives or anything? Yeah, we do have January, February, March, Wednesday Night Live planned. And we also had a preliminary discussion, and Jeff Shiraz was going to uh, step up and take the lead on it. So I made a note to call him about having a restaurant week in March. So we need to follow through and see if we can execute on that. That's wonderful. Um, so that's another one we need to start tracking on. Okay. Um, I also think, uh, Monica, we had a uh, discussion about uh, an art festival. Maybe you can give a summary, or I'm happy to share some of the discussions we had with the Salsu Art Festival, Art Salsu Art Festival Foundation. Foundation, you can you can pop in with me. Um, during the course of, of working on the 
response to the RFI for the Bank of America, as you might remember, we pulled in all of the um, arts organizations in the city. That's the uh, Sausalito uh, Art Foundation, Art Festival Foundation, the ICB people, and the Marine Open Studios. And during the work on that, we really got to understand a lot about everybody's pluses and strengths and needs and things like that. So we have submitted that proposal or that response on September 30th. And I think I can say, I don't think it's a secret that we're one of two that's, that they sort of like. Um, and during the course of all of this conversation, um, we learned a lot about the art festival and the foundation and some of the things that uh, are about in their world. Of course, you know that the friendship is no longer available to them, even though they do have an agreement with the city. And so they've been looking at alternative ideas and alternative locations. And Tom and I met with them over the weekend and had a pretty candid conversation. We're all about um, partnering and working together and maybe doing some other small art festivals and art exhibits uh, downtown. And one idea that was proposed, I don't know if it was Tom's idea or Lewis's or who gets the credit for it, but it was a month of art. And the idea would be to have a different um, sort of art exhibit uh, every week uh, during a specified month um, that could really showcase not only our Sausalito artists, but some of the other uh, ideas in art. And the good thing about that, and that's why I'm mentioning the Center for the Arts, is the foundation has received some federal funding. And that federal funding could potentially be utilized to do some revenue uh, support and some uh, financial support for the Center for the Arts uh, if they participated and rented the um, facility. So we're in the preliminary stages of talking about that and want to sort of take something forward to city council to define in a much more detailed way of how that could work. Um, did I leave anything out, Tom? Um, well, just me highlight a couple things. Um, I, I was I was excited to hear the Sausalito Foundation wants to move towards a smaller uh, venue. They don't want to go back to where they're trying to compete with the Bottle Rocks and have concerts and you know go for thousands upon thousands of people. They'd rather go to a smaller um, profile event, um, focus on making a very quality event, and instead of attracting you know three to five thousand people a day track two to 300 people a day. It's kind of like their, their metrics, but spread it out over a month where it would be on the weekends and have four different themes over the course of a month. Um, and like one of those themes would be featuring Sausalito artists for a week, right? And, and the best of Sausalito's artists. And uh, one of their ideas is to attract the top 20 artist winners from across the country who wanted all the big shows to have a show of the best um so those are their ideas i think it's good we'd like to bring to city council in early january a proposal for a scaled back art festival um the city is required to provide a venue uh, we'd like to use the downtown area in and around the b of a building the parking lot to possibly gabrielson park um and I'm very impressed with Saucedo Art Foundation's 
understanding about how to handle crowds and safety and traffic and um, all that stuff. It's, um, they're a very skilled organization in pulling off events. So um, that's, that's the update on, on that progress. Any, oh, can I add, uh, one of the things that I'd like to emphasize is over the course of this discussion where the art festival has not been able to utilize the spaces within the city, they've been, they're being recruited by Tiburon. They're being recruited by the Civic Center in Marin County. They're being recruited by Chrissy Field. And I don't know about the rest of you guys, but this is our festival, Sausalito Art Festival. We don't want them to go anywhere else. And I think we really want you as an economic development organization to really understand the benefits that they offer. And they, um, for example, the um, Lighted Boat Parade is funded by the work that they do at the art festival when they do the food, food booth and things like that. So we really, I think it's really important that we wrap our arms around this and try to find a solution for retaining them in the city. Thank you, Monica. At this time, um, I'd like to see if there's any comments from EDAC uh, and our liaisons on item 4B. So the marketing program update and the events we discussed. Um, yes. Uh, Mr. Um, couple things. Uh, number one, before I forget, Monica, um, I did touch base with uh, Tim Hockenberry, and he would be interested in participating in, you know, music venue in Sausalito and his, maybe next year, his that famous song he did, Christmas by the Bay. Mm -hmm. um, maybe he could perform it at tree lighting or something, but in the interim, when he has gigs in Mill Alley, he'd be, you know, happy to piggyback his trip up from L.A. and maybe participate in Sausalito somehow, some way. Um, the second thing that comes to mind... I mean, understand that, but right. um, Tim Hockenberry, if we could arrange it, would be amazing during the month of romance. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, okay. All the women will fall in love with him, but uh, but uh, he's, he's just amazing. And um, so if we can get him up here in February, that'd be wonderful. Well, we'll I'll work on that. That's fine. The other thing is, it comes to mind with with the arts and um when we heard the other day about the recruiting from tiburon and chrissy field etc you know i keep looking at the b of a building and and no matter what development finally gets you know chosen to go into that building between zoning and construction and all that i mean real realistically speaking it's probably a year plus out there and in January, that plaza, when the tree comes down, is going to be back to what it was a month ago. And it would sure be great to have, if, if, the, if the artists are looking for a place, is there, I know we've brought this up before, but is there any way to expedite getting the artists in that building in January as part of this foundation, whoever the group is, and, you know, get some activity in that plaza uh, for two purposes. One, it would be nice for it not to go dead, so to speak. And number two, if it's a gesture towards the art community that, you know, they they belong in Sausalito and we want them here, is there a way to make something like that work in the interim? Um, because the interim could be a long time, right? Year two, who knows? Um, by the time, you know, that building is retrofitted and repurposed and all that. So 
that was my my comment on the arts. I I'd hate to see Sausalito use that, and I love the idea that they're looking to hit singles and doubles and not home runs. And and if they could have two to three hundred people on a weekend over a series of weekends or the first weekend of the month or whatever, um, I think it we should really think outside the box in uh, in trying to do something there. And Bob, on your comment about uh, January, uh, tomorrow night at the city council meeting, there is an update on the BFA um, RFI process. Uh, possibly one of our liaisons at the updates at the end of this meeting can give us maybe some foreshadowing, but uh, we'll understand the process that the city council has to uh, occupy that building. And um, what Monica alluded to is, you know, the Associate Art Foundation and the, a group around the Center for Arts uh, want to put in a place an aggressive proposal. Yeah, I mean, the, the two cents there, Bob, I think is just what Tom alluded to. Uh, you know, all the RFI proposals don't meaningfully activate the building uh, in the short term, uh, except for what Monica's talking about. And that's, a, that's really goosing the, uh, goosing the, uh, the, the, the proposal in a big way. So we'll, we'll see what, what's actually, what actually comes up. One, one comment I could make is, okay, so we're having makerspace first time we've really occupied and done anything in the building in the year that it's been owned. So we will see how that, that goes. And there are several artists that are going to be participating in that. It may not be what everybody is thinking is a typical art show, but it's certainly a venue and an opportunity for us to begin some baby steps, if you will, on showing, showcasing some artists and, and whatnot. So we'll, we'll take a look and, and do a lessons learned on what happens with the Makers Fair. And then a lot of the artists have been very helpful, several that were on the committee, They've been very helpful in, in helping us figure out how we could do something. Great. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Vice Mayor uh, Kelman, I don't know if this is a good time, but you had suggested um, the, the race, the, the bike race. Would you like to bring it up or do you want to discuss that in a future meeting? Oh, no, I, I'd be happy just to plant, plant the seed. Um, so. Uh, two things, one macro, one micro. So on the macro side, I love this dialogue in the way um, Chair Riley, you're sort of capturing uh, was a month of love. And uh, you know, obviously this is a holiday month. I, I really like the idea of developing a full scale calendar for us that kind of captures that type of vibe and that, that momentum. So maybe this can kind of fit in somewhere, but um, Chad Nordwall, who's the proprietor of Above Category Cycles on Caledonia Street, has been very active in the bike racing community for years. Um, he's been putting on informal gravel races, which is uh, when you take a, a mix between a road bike and a mountain bike, and you go on gravel roads like we have in GGNRA, and they attract hundreds of people, extremely popular form of bike racing right now. And he has a vision for putting on one that could attract three to 500 people. Um, and so uh, we're in preliminary conversations with the National Park Service to talk with them about how we might be able to access the GGNRA. Some roads are off limits, um, some just you need a permit. So they, they're open to that conversation and, and we've already been in touch. Um, Chad did just tell me that he thinks he's a little overwhelmed right now, so it's not gonna happen this January. So Tom, I was, I was wrong. I think he was aiming for this January, but it might be on the agenda or, or calendar for next January. So maybe we can fold that into our, our, you know, our thematic months or build around that. But he has a really big concept in mind. In addition to having you know, several hundred people doing the race, He'd love to have that area of Caledonia closed off, you know, engage all of the vendors, have all the food, uh, you know, d developed and provided by Sausalito restaurants. So I think it's a really nice opportunity here. And it's a, 
it's a different um, a demographic than I think some of the other events might pull in. So thanks for that. Uh, the question, Vice Mayor, is will you race? <laughs> maybe, maybe. That's a great question. Only if you do. Uh, well, so I've seen you on your one wheel. Uh, I think you could probably do that. So, so uh, what's exciting about this is um, one, the month of January, which CAS is educated, uh, we need to focus on the winter months. Um, two, uh, these uh, competitive bikers, they come and they check into hotels and they, you know, a lot of them travel to these events and they travel with a family or friends. And so it's the kind of clientele we like have uh, stay in our town. So um, I think it's an exciting one to add to our list. And of course, EDAC would love to figure out how to support Chad and um, provide resources. Okay, um, I'd like to uh, go to public comment on item 4B. Chris has something. Chris had his hand up. Yeah, I can't see hands up. So if I miss, uh, please um, speak over me. Thank you. I, I can't get my hand to show on the screen either. Something's going on here, but thanks for the minute. Uh, appreciate all the conversation and certainly the work that's been done. Uh, Want to make sure that um, as you talk about events in the future, that uh, there will be some mind toward Juneteenth and the opportunity to kind of do something with Marin City that is meaningful. And uh, this coming year, uh, you know, I think there has been ongoing conversation about how we work with Marin City in a more uh, comprehensive and uh, thoughtful way. And Juneteenth is obviously one of those opportunities to do that. So when you start talking about events, make sure that uh, you have a square on your calendar that speaks to potentially something uh, that day that is uh, different than what's been done in Sausalito in the past. Uh, I think there have been proclamations issued. There have obviously have been events in Marin City, but I think we need to figure out something that we do uh, that complements that or is in coordination with that or is joint with that. So I'm having that conversation with Felicia Gaston right now. Uh, hopefully uh, we can continue uh, and get to something and EDAC and the Chamber and Community of Sausalito can all be a part of that. Wonderful. Thank you for bringing that up. And we will make sure that uh, we follow through on uh, some of those ideas. Thank you, Mr. Zapata. Okay. Um, at this time, oh, I see there's two hands raised. Let me see if I can, I can bear it out. Oh, I see uh, John DeRay, you have your hand up and Chris. Chris was before me. I was just going to mention um, that uh, if you, for those of you who are around, I mean, and we were the host city for four years in a row for the tour of California, where the tour started. So there's still a number of people around that were involved in that those events, and they were big events. And so before you go and recreate the wheel or you know things of that sort i really would encourage you to kind of round up those individuals and kind of pick their brains about what what worked what didn't work um all of those kinds of, of things unfortunately tony tom who owns the bike shop when bridgeway has now passed away but he was instrumental in that as well. But there's still a, a, quite a number of us still around that were part of that for four years in a row. So just a word of, um, you know, lessons learned. <laughs> uh, I think you just volunteered, so thank you. 
No, I didn't volunteer. I won't be here next January, but I'm just saying that, um, you know, Jess Jarosh sat on that for a long time. I mean, there's quite a few people that are around that were part of that. I mean, the first year we, you know, had a huge tent and Madden's lot. That's when Robin Williams came and we had all the cyclists, you know, Lance Armstrong was here before the doping incident and things like that. So Yoshi Tomei was instrumental in that, um, those kinds of things. So, you know, those are, might be people you can ping to just pick their brain when you get ready to start talking about that um, because we went through four years of it. So. I organized the volunteers, but um, just something to think about. And I know exactly where two huge boxes of information <laughs> yeah. is. Because I moved them from the chamber office to Jeff Shirash's office. Right. So it's all there. The first year we did, we did shut down Caledonia for, you know, they raced around where City Hall is all day long. We stood there in the rain and watched that whole thing go so um it was a great anyway, just Thanks. just uh just letting people know who didn't know thank you chris and mr duray thanks tom um last week i helped the historical society clear out the ice house um and i don't know if everybody knows they're going to be doing a sort of a refurbishment and turning it into an interactive center. And I don't know the details of the timing, but I think it's kind of going to be a big deal. So um, there might be some events around that. And um, I think it's really going to be a good attraction. Um, they have some rendering of it and it looks really cool. So I would encourage uh, folks uh, maybe on the marketing uh, team to, to look at that. Um, so that's the first thing. And second is um, any anything else on the boat show um, come sometime next year? Any update on that? Thank you. Uh, I will talk about the boat show. Mug may cover it. Uh, we haven't made any progress on the boat show. Um, what we're looking for is someone who wants to take ownership of driving it. Um, you know, much like the gentleman from above category, we mentioned driving a bike race we need someone to kind of sponsor that so we're trying to get that kindled but no no serious progress at this time okay um i'd like to open up item 4b for public comment uh just for the public this is we discussed these number of events uh, as potential things for the coming year and the results of our early marketing program efforts um serge can you monitor if there's any public uh, desiring to make comments uh, Chair Riley, we don't have any hands raised at the moment. Thank you. Um, let's move on to item 4C. We are now 17 minutes behind schedule from where I was hoping to be, so we'll try to make that up. Um, item 4C is the diversification update. Um, Walter is not with us today. I believe he asked Rachel to provide an update. Um, so, Rachel, do you have an update for us? Yeah. Can you all hear me? Yes. Cool. And also, I think I need to be added to the meeting um, for attendance. I popped in a little late. My apologies. Yes, it was captured. Thank you. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, so uh, not a lot to report as far as uh, anything beyond the inventory. We continue to work on the inventory. Um, 
continue to check with businesses, update the spreadsheet. And um, I think John, who has been working tirelessly on this, um, is going to give us an update on what the last couple of weeks have really looked like. Sure. Uh, thanks, Rachel. Um, maybe Tom can start with uh, his his experience uh, at when the three of us went out and um, and then I can kind of follow up after that. Tom, you want to just give a couple minutes of, of what you uh, what you thought about the uh... certainly um, I spent uh, about two and a half hours with uh, John and Rachel um, going to the Schoonmacher Marina area and actually knocking on each of the doors um, and going in and introducing ourselves, talking about the purpose of the inventory and learning who the tenants were uh, and making some quick observations and actually getting in some great conversations. Um, it was uncomfortable for me at first just to knock on doors, um, but uh, I learned quite quickly that it was a really uh, interesting exercise. Um, so, uh, I learned that we have a fabulous gaming design company uh, in our city. We have an amazing woman's shoe design company. Uh, we've got uh, all these amazing marketing companies. Um, and so it was uh, a great exercise. One of the things that um, I'd like to suggest to this group is that more of us volunteer in the coming weeks uh, and help um, John and Rachel, who've been cutting us, and Malcolm, uh, to finish out this survey. And if we participate in the survey, uh, we'll also have a better idea of how to use the data that we're collecting. And so one of the things I, I'm, hopefully John can help coordinate is maybe two or three days in the coming weeks where we have two-hour windows where folks can sign up for it, meet at a location, and fill out some of these clipboards. Uh, thanks, Tom. So um, just to give an update, we're, I think we're about, I calcula calculated about 68% either done or assigned. And I think the bulk of what's left are some of the larger office buildings on Bridgeway. Um, so I think we've made good, good progress. Um, Tom asked me to come up with a couple of, of dates uh, this week, the next week, one each. And so I think um, I'm available on this Friday for a couple hours in either the morning or the afternoon, depending on what people, if anybody would like to help. And then I know uh, Rachel has uh, a busy school schedule this week, but the following week we're thinking of Thursday the 16th um, to, uh, uh, to do some additional uh, work there. So those are the two dates. And again, uh, I think either on that date, either the morning or the afternoon would work for me. I'm flexible. So um, if people uh, would like uh, to sign up, they could, uh, I suppose they could email me and uh, we'll go from there. I would like to just uh, encourage uh, other EDAC members to, if you can help on either this coming Friday or next, oh, Thursday of next week, um, it, it I will do one of those days. Um, I think it's eye-opening. It also helps the, the process and we're all, we're all part of it. So please do reach out to John and see if you can uh, participate on one of those days. Uh, Cass, you have your hand up. 
Can't hear you. I know. <laughs> Got it. Um, John, is there any chance, that, or Rachel, that we could have like a longer uh, schedule? Because um, it's, you know, trying to plan is hard. And the dates you just talked about are I can't do. I'd be happy to do it. But if we had a little bit more of a lead time, I think that would that would help a lot. Yeah, same for me, John, in terms of my calendar. Okay, well, we could put up some dates out for, um, I suppose, it would probably be holiday. next year after the holidays. After the holidays, yeah. yes, yeah. please. Yeah. And depending on how much we get done in the next couple of weeks, there may be just a little bit left. So, but that's fine. Yeah, that works. I'd also like to say that Friday is, there's a lot of work going on for Candy Cane Lane, so a lot of us might not be available. Understood. Yeah. Let's, let's, let me suggest this, John. Why don't we plan to wrap up this inventory analysis uh, in January? In that way, at our February meeting, we can have an update, at least a first pass on the results. So we should set a goal to, you know, by third week of January, hopefully we've got all the inventory done and we can get more involvement from the group here. Um, uh, I think it would be a good plan. Okay, great. Okay, uh, Teresa has her hand up. Yeah, actually, I just wanted to commend everyone on the diversification committee for what I imagine is an incredibly difficult task to do and really arduous. So I just kind of wanted to give a shout out and applaud to them because it sounds like they've gotten actually quite a bit done in what I think is a relatively short amount of time. So congratulations, guys. Thank you. And I second that. Um, and again, I'll share with you, everyone has perceptions, their own personal perceptions of what's down in the friendship. And when you actually get down there, you realize that uh, there's other things that you didn't realize would be there. So um, it was uh, very enjoyable. Thanks for, for the coaching and the direction, John and Rachel. Okay. Yeah, um, let me just say one other thing, Tom, just one other thing. It's really a simple process, as Tom found out. I mean, it's just, hello? You know, who are you? What is your business name? What do you do? And record the address. It's that simple. So it's non-confrontational. It's it's a very smooth process. So just to let, let you all know that. Thank you. Okay, at this time, I'd like to open up for public comment on item 4C, which is the diversification update that uh, Rachel and John provided. Serge, can you let me know if there's any public with their hand up. Chair Riley, there are no hands raised. Okay. Um, we are now uh, 10 minutes behind schedule. So we've uh, made up time. Thank you for that. Um, this next discussion is item 4D, which is our next priorities. And I'm going to present um, on this topic and lead this discussion. So want to show my desktop. Can I confirm that my PowerPoint is showing? Yes. Okay, thank you all. Um, and this is something I just put together this afternoon based on a lot of input that each of you provided via spreadsheet. Um, but here's a process we have underway, but I wanted to make it kind of uh, clear we've discussed this in the last two meetings. Um, we put together uh, nearly 70 
past and current recommendations of actions that be taken to improve the economics of our city. Uh, and these ideas came from the land economic study, which I think had 39 of them, uh, the business advisory council and the hospitality and business development committees, which had submitted another 20 or so ideas, and then EDAC. And I've collected ideas that I've heard and provided venues for EDAC members to add new ones. Um, a Google shared spreadsheet was created with these and an opportunity for every member here to um, select up to 10 of those projects as a priority. Um, and the opportunity to add new projects as an idea and solicit votes. Um, as of uh, this morning, we had 10 of our 12 EDAC members uh, respond and three of our liaisons and that gives us good direction um, what I'm hoping we do today is re review the results, and, and the voting is not definitive. It's just to give us direction on what we think are the most popular things or the things we want to lean in on. We can discuss them, um, but hopefully we can align on top 10 ideas today. And what I'd like to do is submit those to our two liaisons to share with the city council so that we get feedback on what the city council would like us to focus our efforts on in the coming year. Um, that's kind of the, the process. Uh, any questions on that before I jump into some of the results? Okay. Um, I think everyone has seen the spreadsheet. I was going to just flash up the spreadsheet. Is that needed or everyone's familiar with what the, how the spreadsheet was? Okay, great. Um, so out of all those uh, votes, you can see here the, I make my screen a little larger. Um, the top 10 uh, vote getters. And we'll walk down these and just um, discuss each of them to make sure that we're aligned on what they mean, okay? So the first top vote getter was consider a smaller scale art festival in place of prior festivals. Um, in the prior discussion, I think we discussed what one proposal is to bring it downtown, make it a month long event, um, but it seems as though prior to that conversation, collectively this group felt that this was a very important thing. Um, I will pause and see if there's any questions on that one or we just move on to the next. Okay, we will move on to the next. And I'm not looking at any of your photos and can't see hands up right now, so uh, just speak up if, uh, if you want to uh, interrupt me. Um, the next one was nine votes to have a downtown and Caledonia business improvement districts, uh, one for each of these. And um, Monica or Bob, you might be best to explain what a business improvement district is or Julie, uh, someone wanna add some color on this one? So I've been involved in the business improvement district in one of the properties that we owned in downtown Union Square. And it's a, um, an entity that's formed with the property owners, typically, it can be some of the uh, tenants, but it is designed to improve the marketing, the safety, the cleanliness, the branding, the presence of a specific business improvement district that's defined by in a geographical area. And often, um, for example, a landlord might be charged a fee by lineal foot of property 
um, that fronts the, the street, for example, uh, as a way to um, fund the, these expenses, the maintenance, the cleanliness, the security and things like that. Uh, the two that I'm familiar with uh, in San Francisco are the Union Square Improvement District and the Yerba Buena Improvement District. And both of those sectors of the city, uh, barring what's been happening during COVID, but both of those sectors of the city have been vastly improved from what they have been. And uh, it really has been an operating um, blessing, I think, for a lot of the participants in the bid. We, we had a preliminary discussion around this. If we do pursue this, the woman who headed up the Union Square bid offered to have a discussion with us about how it's organized and her documents and things like that. So that's, that's what it And it's usually attached to their tax bill. Right. Um, is, and so nobody has to chase, well, county has to chase it, but city has to chase it. But it, it wouldn't be that EDAC would have to have to chase it or someone within the bid. It's just, it's attached to their tax bill. Thank you, Julia. It seems like when we, um, we had the round table with uh, retailers, I think, I can't remember exactly who it was with. I know that this idea came up and the, the person who's the head of the Hayes Valley Improvement District was on That was Lloyd Silverstein. He was Thank the one you. that brought it up. Yeah, and we all were very enthusiastic. Um, so I think it'd be a great thing to do. I think it needs to have investigation because after that meeting, Lloyd introduced me to uh, a person who structures the bids. And I, I just think it, it's definitely, I am forward looking at this because I really would like to do something like this in Caledonia. But I think we could be challenged because some of the landlords are old family ownerships and things like that and might be hesitant. But there could be a lot of different ways to work around this. It could also, if it's not a bid, it could be some form of a merchants association that addresses some of these issues that are covered in the bid. So anyway, so that's a good conversation starter. All right. Thank you, Monica. At this point, I just want us to all kind of understand what each of these items are and have some, you know, alignment. So I think that gives us a sense of what a, a business improvement district is. Um, the next item is brand identity, defining Sausalito as a waterfront destination was how it's claimed. I'm going to put Scott on the spot, or if Kevin is still with us, you know, discuss what does it mean to develop a brand identity? If, uh, yeah, I can chime in on this. Kevin had to drop, unfortunately, but, uh, but this came up. Uh, Vice Mayor Callan brought this up. Um, many people have brought this up. I think one of the things that we've identified is that when people come into Sausalito, they don't know what to do. They don't know what's here other than our, our you know, beautiful views and, and maybe, you know, a, a few things that they see when they get off the boat. Um, so the, the brand identity would be both a visual, like a logo, um, but it would also be the identity piece of that is what is Sausalito known for? Um, you know, it, it is, um, it's a little bit a deeper, more, more emotional or more meaningful connection about when people think of Sausalito, what do they think of? Um, sometimes that's a logo, but, but more often that is an experience um, or, or what we have to offer as a city. Thank you. And Don, do you have any other color on that? I think it's just a matter of people tend to uh, translate how they feel about a place they might visit or a place they periodically visit into a very, very tight emotional sense of, oh, 
this place stands for that. That's what it's associated with. And over time, those associations become very limiting. And so one of the things that is done in media, and Scott is the one who has deep expertise in this, is being able to shake that up by offering more answers that get people to act, because this is really in the end a call to action. Hey, this is a place that's worth coming to, and the places that we're calling out are places that involve people spending money that will end up uh, in, in one way or another coming into tax revenue for the city. But bringing this kind of information forward is a way to shake people up who either have never come here by changing their impression or feeding their impression, or to take people who have us typecast in some past mold and saying, hey, here's fresh information. So I, I think it's a very positive thing and very productive. Thank you. I would say the third question asked here, besides where's the bathroom and when, when the ferry's leaving next, is what is there to do in Sausalito? That is the number three question that we get when they come into the visitor center. What are you guys known for and what is there to do? We're only gonna be here two hours or three hours because they come on the tour buses that are here and they just drop them off. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to see. So we get that question all the time. Wonderful. I think this will be an exciting project. It's gonna be a lot of work. Uh, we have to figure out how to get it done with you know some smart people on this committee, whether we use agencies, what have you, but I think it's exciting. Um, the next two, um, there was actually three or four items that all got votes, and I apologize I didn't clean that spreadsheet well enough, um, around parking and traffic and connectivity, but these two separately rose to eight votes. And um, I'm gonna ask Bob, Lalonde, maybe you can give some color of what a parking and traffic study might mean. Well, I think um, what the objective here is, the study is to look at the parking and, and traffic behavioral patterns over the course of a year, uh, peak times, down times, et cetera. And then with that, also look at you know the revenue piece, um, not only for visitors, but um, you know commuters, buses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, uh, and as part of that, looking at on you know peak weekends, um, with a traffic study and parking study doesn't make sense uh, for more, you know, demand pricing and or uh, valet parking, uh, particularly downtown. And the, the connectivity and parking improvements has more to deal with, as an example, you know, when you come into town from Alexander, you know, the first big parking valet sign you see is at the Trident. And, um, you know, if you've ever been to you know, some of the waterfront cities of, of Europe, et cetera, where there is no parking, um, as soon as you come into a Portofino or a Capri, uh, there's a city parking sign. And, and that's where you go and park your car. And it takes you about three minutes to figure that out. And it's almost like a concierge, you know, type approach where people don't even have to think about it. You're not driving around you know, the B of A building and going to lot one and then lot two, lot three, lot four. So it's really more of a, you know, welcome to Sausalito. Let us help you take your car, get out of it and go have fun. So um, it's kind of a total 
uh, encompassing of, of, you know, the economic study, best practices and revenue generation and service, um, signage, et cetera. Um, so they're, they're definitely, uh, the two of them are definitely kind of linked together. And that, and that also includes, you know, the hotels, the, the restaurant, the valet, the employee parking, um, you know, all those kinds of things, perhaps shuttles, um, so that on busy weekends, employees can park at the Northern office building parking lots. It's a vacant all weekend. And there's a, a shuttle that'll run them downtown to their jobs. Um, so that, that's kind of the idea with it. Thank you, Bob. Um, the next one, revised formula retail requirements. We've discussed this a number of times. The idea here is not to eliminate our formula retail restrictions, but is to make it so that we have a little more flexibility to attract small boutique uh, businesses that might have originated in the Bay Area, have three or four stores, to not scare these types of businesses away so that we can uh, recruit some of them that we think would add to our downtown. Um, so I'll leave that as a summary. Um, moving on to the next is a conduct analysis of city owned property leases. Um, I, I had added this to the list, but it was kind of an idea that Bob had shared. So Bob, maybe you can add some thoughts on what would be the purpose of doing such an analysis. Um, and one more thing with the parking, it's also a branding opportunity too, for the city brand our parking, um, you know, with that common theme, um, regarding city owned property leases, uh, it's basically just an analysis to, number one, A, identify what are all of the city-owned properties and, you know, what are literally from a, you know, a, a legal description of, you know, what exactly is the property line of the city-owned properties. And then vis-a-vis -vis the leases, um, looking at their term, um, understanding what actually is leased and what is not in the lease. Um, and just trying to give the city a really good binder, literally a binder of, you know, the, to perhaps support Chris. Here's everything you own. Here's a lease summary on every piece of property that the city owns. And then maybe some analysis of, you know, current value, um, what it could be, highest and best use, et cetera. So um, I'm not sure if that quote Bible exists anywhere within the city, but we thought maybe it, it didn't, and therefore, could EDAC um, help the city put together a really comprehensive uh, summary of everything that they own, and then a little analysis of, you know, what maybe the, the potential opportunities are. Thank you. I saw that Councilmember Sobieski had a comment. Yeah, I wanted to elaborate on that uh, with some news. Um, so, you know, there has been a new city council and a new effort to um, improve some things in town. Uh, the vice mayor and the mayor on the finance committee have helped rebuild the finance committee. Uh, EDAC's recommendations and um, the implementation of them by our new city manager has helped improve the permitting process a lot. And now I'm happy to let you know that the city just this week hired a property manager uh, after the recommendation of EDAC and others. And the person, uh, his name is Mike um, uh, Wagner. He ran all of property for uh, Sonoma County. And he's engaged as a consultant. He is semi-retired and uh, I interviewed him. He's seemingly excellent. I have high hopes for him. Uh, in his role in Sonoma County, he did all the things that Bob delineated and more. And 
the project, uh, to answer his question and everyone's, uh, there is no such binder at the city. It, we have, uh, it's just a place the city has not performed and it's a place the city will perform uh, excellently uh, this time next year. That's uh, our intention and our promise to ourselves. I think Mike is gonna get us there. Uh, he's gonna put together that kind of binder. He's gonna assemble all the city property we own from water lots to retired uh, non-buildable open space, but everything in between. Uh, he's going to delineate what we've leased, what can be leased among those properties and what can't. And among what can be leased, he'll delineate what is leased and what isn't and explain why. And to come up with a process for uh, establishing market rates, uh, for understanding when we might deviate from market rates, and, uh, and then be able to work on special projects that's unusual buildings um, that might not fit uh, a simple uh, commodity mold. He's also going to try to build or will build a property management process, not just for rent collection. Um, you may note again that uh, Janelle and um, and uh, Charlie uh, Francis found uh, one of our tenants who literally hadn't paid a six-figure sum in lease and helped resolve that in income miss, a real catch for the city. Um, and, uh, and so we're gonna do a better job of property management, but also on the flip side of that, a better job of property management in terms of taking care of the property itself and doing the role that a property owner should in terms of making sure our tenants um, have a property that's well-maintained uh, that they leased. So um, that's not to say this shouldn't be on your list because uh, Mike Wagner, again, was super excited to know about EDAC and to know about the particular backgrounds of many of you. And he uh, wanted to work collaboratively with you on uh, his work. And I will go one step further, which is he volunteered the way he would try to lease city property is to use his network, his long uh, list of potential tenants that he gets through his broad network with real estate brokers to uh, advertise uh, property possibilities to his list of potential businesses. That's of course just a half step away from the broader uh, utility that Monica and others have led here about trying to be do economic curation on Caledonia Street and elsewhere in town. So uh, he could help in part complement the process or take over part of the process of what you would normally have uh, in a city in an economic development officer. So I would invite him to meet with you all as soon as possible, uh, come to know you, find out where uh, his work could overlap with uh, some of EDAC's uh, objectives. Excellent, Councilmember Sobieski. That's exciting news. Uh, congratulations to our city manager and hiring yet another uh, effective person on the team. Um, yeah, and when at the end of this, uh, Ian, we will submit this list to you for the city council to come back where you'd like us to lean in. Uh, this might be an area where you say, hey, provide support to our new uh, property manager. Um, but thank you for that. In watching time, I'm going to try to summarize the next three items just to make sure and just ask if there's any questions at the end. Um, at, at the end of each. So strategic alliances with Marin Hotels, it's can we reach out to other hotels to give Sausalito as a destination for their guests, um, to kind of collaborate with them, educate them on our events, what have you, um, and, uh, you know, try to keep, try to fill all our hotels before we fill other hotels, but also to uh, have close relationships with them. Uh, any anything I left off that or a question? Okay. Uh, the second item, the second to last, limit number of uses that require conditional use permits. 
Uh, back in our permitting process recommendations, this was one of the recommendations we made, but it's all about streamlining permitting and allowing us to get tenants into our vacancies quicker. Um, and this is something we would work with Heidi and her interim uh, CDD role on what this could mean. Of course, it would involve getting um, further approvals from uh, the leadership, but um, I'll leave it there. Any uh, additional comments or questions on that one? And then finally, um, signage. Um, and I think this has more to do with kind of our retail signage, which we have restrictions, but they're not often enforced. Uh, and some may be outdated. Uh, and as we get into our brand identity work, is there a way to rethink, you know, more holistically our signage, both in the retail and as um, Bob pointed out, even with our parking, um, to have a more consistent and effective uh, look. And um, so that's my summary there. Any comments or questions about that item? Thank you all. So this is our top 10 results. I actually have two more charts or three more charts to show you just to a little bit behind the scenes, some other items that were discussed. So, uh, so, so Tom, this is Chris, the other Chris, not Chris, the city manager, but um, I'm kind of given Wendy Richards comments today. I mean, I've heard her numerous, numerous times bring this issue up. I mean, when the BAC was still in operation, she spoke to that issue tons and tons of times. I know she's talked to the council. Um, you know, I mean, I somebody somewhere owes her an answer or looking at that issue. So I don't know, it, it wasn't on the list to vote for, but I'm feeling, you know, her pain and frustration because I've seen her at so many meetings bringing that up. So if there's a way that we could add that and if the council decides that's not something they want us to work on, that they'll have somebody else, then that's fine. But I would think as a committee, we owe her at least to put it forward. Yeah. So here's uh, on that, Chris, thanks for bringing us back to Wendy's uh, public comment earlier. Um, we're going to submit this list and the city council can change it, add to it, reduce it. Um, but I want to do is submit our ideas of where we think we can go and get some direction from the city council. You know, we're, we're here to serve ultimately to them and give them advice. So I think we can even add, you know, Wendy's suggestion is one of the things for them to consider to put on our list of things to do. It might be something that the city wants to tackle themselves. Um, and Ian, I, I have a hard time seeing hands raised. Did you want to make another comment, Ian? Well, I did just in response to that to Chris Gallagher's thought. I mean, this is preliminary results. If you can leave the the Google document as a live document, people uh, and add uh, Wendy Richards um, be a business license tax item as an item and invite everyone to simply change their votes. Uh, we'll see if it's at the top, but it is useful since you're the advisory committee to to advise us on what you think we should be doing. Uh, obviously, we can in turn uh, add or amend, but. The point of doing this poll, of course, was to, to pull you all as um, volunteers and members of the community to help us uh, appropriately prioritize things. So uh, 
you know the whole that's the whole point of the poll so it would be great if you could um, consider adding it and and then uh, charge everyone to decide whether they want to change their votes accordingly well so Riley, i think i added that as one of my i was late i was one of the late ones getting my information in but i think i may have added that but like i said i just finished mine this weekend so it might not have been seen by everyone I'll make sure we add it to Councilmember Sobieski's comments. Um, we've been discussing this for two months and I would like to get this list of recommendations and actually share the whole spreadsheet with the city council so that you guys can come back and uh, refine where you'd like us to um, focus our efforts. And we can include, we make sure that Julie has included business license tax review um, or add it, make sure it's added. I noticed that the vice mayor raised her hand and also Monica. So let's go to the vice mayor first. Thank you, Chair Riley. Yeah, I just want to second Councilor Sobieski's suggestion that we leave this as an open document. I saw that Monica had put in several additional really interesting ideas, um, some of which I think could probably be merged here, like strategic alliances with Marin Hotels, maybe can also overlap with, with some Napa and wine country efforts too, uh, came to mind, Monica. Um, so I think just keeping those ideas, maybe folks didn't see Julie's ad on the BLT. Um, I added one about a um, smart cities app, but I know I was I did it last night, so probably nobody saw that. So I'm I'm happy to take this initial list, uh, Chair Riley, and in the interest of moving things forward. But I do appreciate um, Councilor Sobieski's uh, suggestion that we leave it open and, and maybe revisit it uh, when we can. Agreed. We shall do that, uh, Monica. The only thing I was thinking about is I remember uh, our previous recommendations. We had like six, and three were selected. And I guess dawned on me it would maybe be a good idea to look at the ones the last three that weren't selected just to refresh our minds on what we thought it originally might be good too just just as a backup piece yeah i had that chart in our last meeting um uh -huh. got to bring it up this time but uh yeah we'll discuss that uh next time going forward that's okay um so thank you okay so advancing um just a couple things I wanted to point out. Um, there was a couple overlapping ideas. So there was actually four things around parking that all got votes. And I think we just kind of collapsed them together. Uh, public parking and traffic study, better connectivity, each got eight votes. Addressed, addressed traffic and congestion and employee parking in public lots. At least the first and the third should be part of the parking discussion is what I'd recommend. Um, and then secondly, there was two items around business improvement districts so i combined those into one as well um and then i got two more charts on these are suggestions that were brought forward by members in that spreadsheet um and i didn't want to overlook them because i know that they're important to somebody here on edac and if anyone wants to lobby for any one of these things to supersede one of the other 10 it's it's now's a good time to discuss that um, and I'll show you, I'm gonna flash the next page too, but I couldn't fit them all on one page. Um, so let you all scan these real quickly. You want us to respond on this page? I'll go to the next page too, real quickly, and then we'll come back. And here's the, um, there's one very timely about smash and grab pandemics. This was Monica suggested this, you know, it, it could really have an impact if our town is viewed as what's happening in San Francisco, quite frankly. Um, but here's the other idea that was shared. So I'll go back to the prior page and see if anyone wants to 
lobby for one of these ideas to rise to the top? I've been talking ever since we started about a grant writer. <laughs> so I'd really like to see some effort put forth, whether it's us or somebody else. There's so much low-hanging fruit out there that we are not capturing, and our staffs are so overloaded that they don't really have the capacity to move this forward. And I just really think that's an important thing because there is money for us there that we are not getting. So I just move that forward if it were me. I will second that um, as a good idea. Any other thoughts on other ideas? I have one I'd like to um, echo what Monica said. I think a grant writer would help the city, not just in economic uh, efforts, but there, there's so much funding floating around in California that we, we could really, a grant writer would really add a lot of value to the city. Um, but I wanted to put my word in for uh, marketing the importance of business tax revenue to the city of Sausalito, or to the residents of the city of Sausalito. I don't know, Scott, if that's already part of the CDA. I think I've heard rumors that it is part of the CDA uh, plan, but I haven't seen anything explicit. Um, I just, uh, I say this because I think that we have this uh, kind of tension often in between the residents and the businesses of Sausalito. And I think if residents understood the importance of business tax revenue to all of the nice things that they enjoy in Sausalito, that we might have less tension. Um, so I think that goes both ways. But so I, maybe CDA is taking care of that already, or if it's not, I think it's something we should focus on. Yes, we have um, one of our goals with CDA is to market to our locals and build better relationships between the locals and our business community. Um, I don't think it was explicit to like tying together business tax to that, but I think we can encompass it in that. Um, and it's, it's one of our objectives. Yeah, marketing activities to our residents is different than actually, you know, getting the point across of how important the business tax revenue is to the, to the yeah, residents. For them to spend local, shop local. Well, yeah, that, yeah. but also just like, you know, half of your tax, the tax revenue in Sausalito comes from the businesses. That's, that's a big deal. Okay. So the one thing that I would like to talk about is the establish of more meeting rooms. I receive a lot of calls for companies that want to come here. We just cannot, we don't have the room or the capacity for them. I mean, they're asking, Sorgen was one, Sorgen was one of them. Actually, um, when my daughter worked for them, um, they ended up in Healdsburg, got burnt out, and came to Mark at In Above Tide, rescued them, and gave them several rooms in order to move their meeting here. But they started out looking here, but there wasn't anything large enough for us or for them. So maybe we can start identifying, maybe there are rooms that are here or meeting spaces that are here that we're just not thinking about and have a directory of possible locations when I do receive those calls, because I do receive a lot of them, especially for those that don't want to go to San Francisco right now, and they're looking for an alternative. So we captured that. Yeah. Yeah. We could, we could really build on our, on our hotel rooms and, and have meetings here, but uh, it's just finding the places to hold them. Hopefully, Bank of America building will fill that to some extent. Right. So.
So, um, and just watching our time again, uh, thank you everyone for this great conversation. Um, all of these are good ideas. Uh, I think what, we, and eventually we wanna get to all of these ideas at some point. But I hope this exercise is to get some feedback from the city council. What are their near-term priorities that they'd like us to focus on? So what I'll do is I'll take the 10 uh, upvoted ideas earlier. I'll add these three that you suggested as say, here's our list in kind of order. Um, and let's get some direction from the city council. Um, and I think we have to think of, they can't come back and say all of them because um, we won't have the bandwidth to do all of them, but uh, these are all great ideas. You still have a lot of hands up. Oh, do I still? I can't see hands up. So. Andre, Ian Sobieski, Scott Thornburg. Yeah, the way when I'm presenting, I lose my ability to see uh, my hands. So let me, uh, oh, now I, I have another button. Okay, let's go through these guys. We've got to watch time. So let's be efficient. Um, let's go to John. Thanks, Tom. Um, uh, Julie, I, I don't know if uh, you guys ever consider the Portuguese Hall as a space for um, uh, meetings. So that's maybe that should be on your radar. It probably is, but I just wanted to mention yes. it. Yes, yeah, um, it is definitely. Okay. Uh, so on the second item here is one that uh, I I see as uh, an ongoing task for the diversification committee to bringing micromanufacturing and maritime businesses to Sausalito. There are several that are trying to locate here uh, currently and are having a tough time finding a location. So the market is out there for both of these. It's just a matter of uh, getting them in here. So that's why we need a strategic plan for this. And like I said, I think this, the uh, uh, diversification subcommittee is uh, tasked with doing that already. Thank you. Yes, John, and, and all the work we're currently doing doesn't go away. So yes, this is right. So we'll go to uh, Scott and then Ian. Thank you, Tom. Just a couple of um, quick comments here. So um, one of the ones, consider lighting um, trees of all Bridgeway and Caledonia. I'm wondering if that could be consolidated as part of what we were talking about earlier with the Business Improvement District. Would that not be an outcome of that? So, so that's one. And then the other one would be this last one on this list, developing a program and strategic alliance with Napa hotels. Um, from my perspective, if you have a, a, um, a strategic alliance framework that you are taking to Marin hotels, it's really easy to scale that and also go to Sonoma, Napa, San Francisco, other Bay Area counties up to Sacramento. So, because it's the same information, it's the same, it's the same packet of information. So I think we could probably consolidate that into not just um, calling out Marin or Napa specifically, but, um, but talking about just our, our Bay Area hotel strategy. Um, we'll do that. Just one thought. And then one request, I guess, now that we've kind of gone through all of these again, will we have an opportunity to go in and make some adjustments to our EDAC recommendations of priorities now that we've kind of gone through this? Um, yes, I, I, we can. We can do whatever we want, Scott. So. Um, would uh, members like the opportunity to go back in and reshuffle? Yes, I see Cass nodding your head. Um, I think that would be good. Yeah, because a lot of people added things late after, added things after we voted, so. Well, one of the things is, you know, I, I don't want the voting to be definitive as much as directional, but um, let's, it's gonna be a living document. So we'll make that spreadsheet and why don't we, take the next two weeks to allow folks to go in and spend time with that and 
we continue to update it. But what I would like to do is kind of get this list off to our council liaisons. I'll clean it up a bit with the ones that you brought to the surface uh, and consolidate a few of these, like were suggested about lighting the trees and the Napa hotels. And uh, so that we can get some feedback from the council in January after the next meeting on what they'd like to see us focus on. Okay. Um, I'll just add two quick comments to uh, Chair Riley. Uh, one, uh, just elaborating on uh, Castrian's comments about um, helping educate uh, the community about the importance of business uh, tax revenue. Uh, in fact, I think it should be done, but it ought to be done um, with some nuance. Uh, the credibility of that um, important marketing message is undermined if it's too broad brushed. As we know, there are a variety of different kinds of business revenue that from different activities in town that generate very different impacts to the community. Uh, the business uh, tax paid by someone who buys a boat in the uh, in from one of our yacht brokers has a different impact on the community than sales tax um, from some kinds of businesses uh, and very different from hotel tax. And so if we're gonna engage in that topic, we shouldn't um, be too broad brushed lest we undermine our own credibility with uh, residents on this important issue. I'd love there to be a new understanding in Sausalito and the compact and relationship between important members of our community that provide um, businesses that are celebrated. And, uh, and so I think that's a careful topic to engage on, but, and I hope we do it um, comprehensively. Uh, and then the other thing I just wanted to share is another uh, little announcement along these lines. So they're actually, um, uh, Chris Apata told me today that we're in the final stages of hiring uh, not just one, but potentially two uh, grant writers and that somebody should be on board by the beginning of January. Okay. So right. uh, you guys ought to- yeah, uh, We could take that off our list. Well, I think though the list says I'll uh, engage with. So I think, you know, you all are the experts and connected in the community. Um, so I think actually your work is uh, ramping up, but you will have someone to engage with. So I suggest preparing you know, a strategy for how to engage and make sure that those grant writers can really start writing uh, on day one, meaningful and useful things. Exciting. Uh, Vice Mayor. Great. Thank you. I, I'll just add to Councilman Sebesky's excellent update. You know, he, he brought to our attention the new uh, lease manager, which is fantastic, grant writer. I'll just add, um, I want to thank Heidi for her work interim responsibility for Community Development Department. Uh, we have, I believe, uh, been interviewing candidates for the CDD director. Uh, we have a panel uh, that's been conducting interviews and six candidates are gonna be interviewed this week as our final step. We're looking to hire this person and have them on board uh, in January. So in addition to gathering our thoughts around how we manage our leases and how we manage our grants, um, we have an opportunity here as well to, to work with the new community development department director. Awesome. We also think one of the things we can market better is all the great work our city staff is doing. I mean, you just, you know, the hiring is a lot of work. We're making progress. Uh, what we're seeing happening in the, the planning department with some of the recommendations we made carrying through, um, we need to educate the community of uh, the great staff that we have as well. Okay, um, this, is, this has been a great exercise and it'll be an ongoing exercise. Our list is not definitive, it's directional, so we can um, hone in these things. What I'd like to do is in January, we get kind of a refined list back from city council. We talk about how we can organize around these and start tackling some of them in addition to the other things we've already committed to that we'll be carrying on um, is some of the process. But I appreciate everyone's openness and collaboration. 
um, you know, in a 30 minute period to get alignment around 70 different ideas uh, is pretty impactful. So thank you, everybody. Um, Scott's got his hand up. I don't know if he has something to say or not. Another hand, Scott. He lost his picture. Yeah. Sorry, that was from earlier. Let me lower my hand. Okay. Um, before we go to public comment, just want to see if there's any additional comments or questions on this discussion. All right, um, I'd like to uh, now ask for public comment on the discussion we just had about potential next projects for EDAC to work on. Serge, can you let me know if there's anyone in the public? Chair Riley, there are no hands raised at the moment. Wonderful, thank you. At uh, this time, we'll move on to um, business items five, uh, which is getting updates. And we're gonna begin with 5A with a staff update. Um, I do know if we have someone from staff, uh, the city manager or our Heidi or someone who has an update for us. Our city manager may have left. We don't know if he's with us still. Hello, everybody. Chair Riley, members of the EDAC. Um, I do not have any specific staff updates. Thank you, Vice Mayor Kelman, for providing the update on the um, community development director search. Um, it was re really exciting. I got to sit on um, in on the panel and uh, there the city can't go wrong with any of the, the candidates um, that were interviewed. Very exciting time. Um, I guess I do have a couple items to report on. Uh, we're experiencing a little lull right now. So this is allowing staff an opportunity to catch up on our building permit, um, long-term initiatives in terms of record keeping. Um, we've had a, a, actually a staff planner resign. So the community development department is down one assistant planner and um, our permit services coordinator has decided not to accept the position. Uh, the candidate was um, living or is living in the Chicago area and it was too much of a, a move to disrupt her family at this point in time. So the community development department is working with our city manager to reassess what that means for the department, uh, but it does provide us a, a great opportunity to rethink um, some of the path um, that was chosen um, in terms of positions and and there's a really good opportunity um, to just reconfigure some things and, and maybe consider having a full-time um, code enforcement officer and maybe a full-time building official plans examiner. So good opportunities um, with this. So uh, other than that, I'm available to answer any questions you may have. I'll make a comment, Heidi. One, thank you for that exciting update and following through on many things that we've been talking about, we're now starting to see action taken. And thank you for stepping in in the interim role. You've been doing a great job. We keep hearing wonderful feedback. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's been really exciting and um, I'm gonna miss the department, but I'm also really excited to go back to the city manager's office and see what we can do there. Wonderful. Okay, um, I'd like to go to uh, Julie from the chamber, if you have an update for us? Sure, I do. Um, I already spoke about the gingerbread houses. The other thing I would like to kind of put out there in the universe, we've had all these smash and grabs. Is there maybe a way that public works can put signs in the parking lots reminding people to not leave things in their cars or not leave things visible? Um, we just had another one in front of Angelino's or across from Skoma's um, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, whatever day it was. 
but maybe just reminding people, get some signs in the parking lots not to leave things in their car. Um, the other thing that I would like to report on is that the chamber is uh, collaborating with Felicia Gaston from Marin Performing Stars. And we have a Christmas tree down here with kids' pictures on it and the things that they are asking for for the holidays. Most of them are very, very little items, um, but we want to, um, you know, just partner with the kids or with Marin Performing Stars and bring some happiness to the kids of Marin City. So if you want to adopt a child for the holidays and you don't want to do the shopping, I'm happy to do the shopping. I've already done um, some for um, members that have, or community members that have sponsored kids. So uh, I just want to put that out there and the gingerbread housing is is going like crazy and hopefully we'll have people coming down um, downtown or to help support our businesses That's thank, it. You. thank you for the giving tree um yeah we'll opportunity for our council members uh vice mayor would you like to provide an update you know honestly uh i just want to thank everybody for all their tremendous work and I know it's a team effort, um, but I really just do want to thank Monica Finnegan for her role behind the scenes, not in front of the mic uh, at the Christmas tree lighting. And um, I look forward to seeing everybody on Friday at four for Kenny Canleen and uh, beyond. So thank you everybody for a year of really hard work and thank you Chair Riley for your leadership. So looking forward to all the improvements coming in the next year. Thank you, Vice Mayor. In Councilmember Sobieski. Yeah, how much fun is this? Uh, you know, the city obviously has a lot of challenges and there's plenty of bad news both locally and in the world. Uh, and, uh, but it's really, uh, well, Claire, really nice and an upper to, to see progress being made and just to see how many people of goodwill are volunteering their time to make our town better. So thank you to everybody and um, looking forward to a, a happy, happy new year. And a lighted boat parade. And a boat parade. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to ask for um, public comment on any of the staff or council member updates. Serge, at this time, is there anyone raising their hand from the public? Chair Riley, we have no hands raised at the moment. Um, what are to discuss future agenda items, I do want to bring up that uh, CAST had asked uh, that we consider having the sea level rise task force present to us at an upcoming meeting. So I think that would be a wonderful um, idea. And I also think we should invite the new uh, gentleman that was hired by the city to manage our properties uh, at an upcoming meeting. Um, I would like to discuss any other future agenda items that we should capture that people like to suggest. Sure, uh, I, I might want to suggest if folks are interested, um, Scott, I know maybe it's a little premature, but there might be some interesting things happening on the Smart Cities app side of technology. And, and Scott, I know, has some background information on that. Um, so if folks are interested, no, you know, no necessarily a commitment or direction, just so folks understand what we're talking about when we use that term. Okay, we'll um, have an opportunity. I'd like to learn more about that myself. So we'll, we'll have a, a discussion on that. Uh, Monica. Um, I've had several conversations recently uh, as, and I've had a couple with Julie 
It doesn't have to be now, but somewhere on our list, I'd like us to add Comcast and PG&E for their lack of performance. We cannot get Comcast downtown. We cannot get any kind of feedback that we need for businesses. PG&E, one of the uh, landlords I spoke with today has had an application into PG&E since July of 2020 to get something done. As a, com as, a com as a company, as a city, we should really be able to do some heavy lifting on getting these things improved so that, you know, you can't bring a business to town if they can't get Comcast service. Janelle can help you out with that. Uh, well, no, I, I would just say um, two things. One is on, um, we have a lease of the uh, fire station number two for our uh, internet providers and our uh, a lot of our cable kind of runs through town. We should look at those lease agreements maybe as part of our review. And then on PG&E, couldn't agree more. Um, we I mean, and I have our hands full, but yes. I, I know you have your hands full. That's why I said it doesn't have to be tomorrow, but. You're right though, you're totally yeah, right. Yeah, and we were going to have this um, working event uh, promotion, but then we decided that none of the hotels had good enough internet service to attract people to stay here for a week. I mean, so we need to do something, it's ridiculous. And I started thinking about, you know, Mary Wagner, as a lawyer for the city, might call PG&E and say, look guys, you are really, you're telling our people that they can't come here, they have to fight the fire, but you've got to send some assignment here. You can't, I mean, anyway, that's it, that's it. Monica, my thought on that is, we want to take on projects that we know we can get done. That's <laughs> I, I agree, I agree, but I just want to put it out there because yeah. You know, we're working hard to get companies to come here, and if we can't perform, anyway. I'm, no. I'm still waiting for gas at the at the Chamber Visitor Center. We oh. have no heat here because we have no gas. So. Well, I'll only throw out that our supervisor, Stephanie Walton peters used to work at PG&E, has very good relationships. I'm sure she would love a call, an email. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, now, the final thing we need to do is discuss our next meeting date and time. We're normally the first Monday of every month. Uh, that would be January 3rd, which is right after the holiday. Uh, unfortunately for me, if there are no COVID travel restrictions, I will be in remote mountains of Canada in some deep powder skiing. So um, I won't be able to make January 3rd, but um, yes, Julie. Um, but uh, we can uh, stay on January 3rd and we can ask Cass to lead that meeting or we can move it to January 10th. January 10th. Yeah, January 10th. I don't want to run the meeting. <laughs> Is January 10th from 3 to 5 p.m. a good date for everybody? Yes. Okay. Um, with that, our meeting today has concluded two minutes behind schedule. Um, but now it's the time to adjourn our meeting. Thank you, everyone, for a, a hopefully productive meeting for all. And um, I wish you all a wonderful holiday season. And I look forward to seeing you at all the great events. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays, everyone. These meetings are getting better each time, it seems. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.